Welcome back to Practicing Catholic. Patrick Conley with you again, along with Cammie Berthium, our producer, Paul Sonic, our technical producer, coming for through the relevant Radio 1330 AM studios in Golden Valley. You know, sharing the love of Christ is an indispensable part of practicing the Catholic faith. Now, doing so through technology, as we just heard from Julie Craven, may be optional, but doing so by living out the gospel to others around us is a non-negotiable. Here to lead us through the seven themes of Catholic social teaching is the executive director of the Minnesota Catholic Conference, the public policy voice of the Catholic Church in Minnesota, Jason Adkins. Jason, good to have you on the show again. Well, it's a delight to be on practicing, the newly christened practicing Catholic for the first time, because I need a lot of practice. Uh, yeah, we well, we all do, right? <laughs> um, yep, and practice with the grace of God makes perfect, right? So that's what we're after. All right, so seven themes of Catholic social teaching. Kick us off, Jason. What are we talking about here? Well, the, there's the, the this uh, setup of the seven themes of Catholic social teaching, and let me offer a caveat at the beginning that these aren't the seven themes as though it were exclusive. Someone just made a handy little brochure up at the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops calling these the seven themes, and it kind of stuck. So I first want to say that these aren't the exclusive seven themes, and in fact the Catechism offers a different framework of subsidiarity, solidarity, the dignity, human person, and the common good. But these are seven helpful themes to think about how Catholic social teaching applies in our life. All right. Good caveat. It's always good to know when uh, when things are the official and when it's just more of a, a helpful device for practicing and living, right? Indeed. And I just want to clarify that because we get that often. Well, these are the seven themes. And it's like, no, someone just made that up as a helpful teaching tool. Right. But it's certainly broader than just what uh, you see on the paper. But these are important themes and a good way to think about Catholic social teaching. In our limited time, Patrick, I think I'd want to focus on the option for the poor and vulnerable, the call to participation, and rights and responsibilities. Okay, please. Okay, so the option for the poor and vulnerable. What are we talking well, about there? Well, we have to start from the standpoint of uh, you know putting uh, the, the, the most vulnerable and the weakest among us first. That's the Matthew 25 principle. That's the cheat sheet of the gospel when we answer uh, to our Lord for our life. You know, how do we treat the least of these? That's the cheat sheet in the test. And so it's natural that in the public policy realm, for example, uh, and in our social life, we work to uh, help and assist those most in need. So whether, again, like I said, that's in public policy. Uh, how do all of our public policies affect the poor and vulnerable? Or about how we organize society. Um, what choices do we make in our consumption? How do we organize our businesses? What are they for? Do they, are they there to exist for profit, or do they provide meaningful work to people? Does our health care system uh, give basic care and access to those most in need? So we have to evaluate our social activities, and again, not just political, but all of our social activities, in light of how they affect uh, those weakest and most vulnerable among us, including the unborn, uh, who mm-hmm. have no voice at all. Mm-hmm. To be sure, right. And uh, yeah, I, I do like the the principles here at work, as you said, based off of Matthew 25 and understanding that, uh, yes, whatever we do to the least of these. And uh, the, the, I, I think the, the one of the things that we can in our, in our larger, larger maybe uh, American society or American uh, mentality. Now, I don't, I'm not putting down America here, but I am saying that there can be a kind of this distortion of this saying that, you know, Equal opportunity is what we need to provide, but uh, but we really, I mean, not that that's a bad thing, but we still need to we still need to look to those who are vulnerable, right, and who are don't don't have the means to which to build a life, right. 
Well, equal opportunity is important to help under, you know, underscore people's moral agency, but the Church calls us to act with justice and with charity. So justice right. is fundamentally the measure. You know, we always talk about metrics in our society. Justice is the measure, giving what is the others do. And now there's different types of justice, legal justice, economic justice, distributive justice. So we need to analyze what is due to the other person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes that might be equal opportunity in particular contexts. But when you're talking about distributive justice, that's not about equal opportunity. That's making sure that people have the basic uh, uh, access to goods and have those goods that they need to survive and flourish, not just survive, right. but also flourish. The right to life, religious freedom, education, health care, access to meaningful work, etc. So justice is the measure, not equal opportunity. Right, right. Great clarification. Thank you for that. All right. What's up next? I mean, I'm looking at those right now, and I can't remember what you said you wanted to focus on next, Jason. Rights and responsibilities. So okay. the question that was put to me was, come on and talk about how we can live these things during the Lenten and Easter season. That's correct. So, rights and responsibilities is an important one, because in our American frame of reference, again, to make underscore your point, we're always talking about what people owe me, my rights. What are my, mm. in the language of the Constitution, what are my privileges and immunities? Mm. The Church thinks about it in a little bit different way. Do we have freedom from responsibility, or do we have freedom for fulfilling our responsibilities? And we have rights precisely because we have responsibilities. So, for example, when we, have, when we talk about free speech, we have the right to free speech or freedom of exercise of religion, not because we can believe or say anything we want. We have that right because we have a responsibility to speak the truth, and, and mm-hmm. how important that is in our society, not just speak the truth, but also in the context of religion, to respond to the call of the Creator consistent with our conscience. That's what free exercise of religion is. It doesn't mean you get to believe any crazy thing that has to do with the supernatural. Right. So thinking about our responsi- our rights are there and our liberties are there uh, as liberties and not license. So what do we owe to each other? Why do I have these rights uh, protected in our Constitution? Why do I have these rights as a matter of natural right? Um, because I'm a human person. It's not because you get to uh, you know, excise yourself from social life. It's because you should have the freedom and moral agency to live these things within society. So as we reflect on rights, um, it's not how I'm immune from responsibility, but what do I have the freedom for? Free exercise of religion is about the freedom to serve for example. Um, so how do we live that out? How do we make the best use of that freedom to serve? Uh, and that's really, really important for us to get our heads around that paradigm shift in the typically American way of thinking versus the way in which the Church proposes these things to us. Right. And I, I love the clarification there again, too, Jason. It's not that it's not that these things we are diametrically opposed, but there are some very important differences between, between the way that we usually think about such things, like rights and uh, how the church thinks about such things, and um, I think that this is a great clarification. Um, well, it, and, it starts with, if I if I may, Patrick. Yeah, it please. Starts with a different story. I mean, the the uh, the American experiment in limited government starts with um, this the this founding myth, if you will, of the state of nature, in which people come together and form government to protect their rights. They create privileges and immunities. But the founding myth, if you will, of society is not the state of nature, as posited by thinkers such as Hobbes and Locke. The founding myth is the Garden of Eden. 
and therefore right. Right. Uh, we have the responsibility to be stewards of the earth, to, to keep and to till. Our rights are connected to our responsibilities and our identity as made in the image and likeness of God and given a great vocation and destiny. So it all comes back to, you know, what's our story and who are we? Then we can understand concepts like rights and liberties and privileges and immunities much more clearly. And, and frankly, there's a deficiency somewhat in our American way of thinking about these things, and that deficiency has real-world consequences as we see all around us. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. All right, and next, what do you want to talk about next, Jason? The call to participation. Uh, yeah. Number three. Um, this might what, be important what? here, especially coming up very soon. We'll talk about yeah. that in a minute. Go ahead. Ooh, I like the teaser. I like. Yeah, the that's right. So, <laughs> the, the call to participation is is that you know ninety percent of life, as they say, is showing up, and and it couldn't be more clear in terms of our social life. Is we're called again not just to sit on the sidelines to be actively engaged. Social life is the place in which we live out our discipleship, and we live that with the two feet of charity and justice. So what are we doing to contribute to society? Not be a society, as Peter Morin of the Catholic Worker said, a society of go-getters, but one of Mm go-givers. So how can we do that? How do we reflect upon that? And even in the smallest ways, Pope Francis says politics is one of the highest forms of charity because it serves the common good. And one of the best ways we can do that is praying, he says. So even if it means just praying for our elected officials, um, writing a letter to the editor periodically, but having some, being a stakeholder as opposed to an observer of social life. Um, so right. what are the ways in which we, in our own corner of the vineyard, uh, consistent with the, the gifts and the moral agency in which we've been given, how can we contribute to the well-being and the common good of our, our society? Um, the well-being of our society is not the same thing as politics. Politics is an, plays an important role in that, but there's a bigger sphere of action in our social life in which we can participate, again, with those two feet of charity and justice, but we're all called to participate and not merely be spectators in social life. All right. Well, we've only got a couple minutes left in, in, in our time together, Jason, so you better introduce us to a great way to uh, be actively participating, as you just said. Well, fortunately, Catholics at the Capitol is coming up on April 15th. You can participate both in person and virtually online. Uh, registration is at catholicsatthecapital.org. That registration closes April 8th. April, that's April 8th. So you'll be sure to want to check that out. And what's great about Catholics at the Capitol, an opportunity to be formed in the faith, informed on the issues, so that you can transform our state. Archbishop Jose Gomez of Los Angeles will be there, as will all of our bishops. Uh, global pro-life speaker Obianaju Akeocha will be talking about building a culture of life and how someone who just cared about an issue can take action and become, in fact, a global leader. Her story is amazing, and she will share that with us. But that's just one tangible way that you can do that. Our legislative session is going on right now. If you go to our website, mncatholic.org, again, mncatholic.org, and sign up for the Catholic Advocacy Network, you can be informed on the issues and be given a platform from which, with a click of the mouse, you can take action on key issues affecting our state. So those are just two things coming up and easy ways that the Minnesota Catholic Conference makes it easy for folks to live out those themes of Catholic social teaching. Again, catholicsatthecapital.org for our event on April 15, and then um, mncatholic.org to sign up for the Catholic Advocacy Network. Wow, wonderful. It, uh, that was that was really professionally done, Jason. It's like you've promoted these things before. <laughs> it ain't my first rodeo, as they yeah. say. So, um, <laughs> 
No, I, well, I appreciate the opportunity to share these, uh, to talk about these important themes, and they are really, really important. I'll just mention the others since we didn't get a chance to get into please, them. It's care yeah. for God's creation, life and dignity of the human person, mm. the dignity of work and the rights of workers. The Minnesota Catholic Conference has been saying a lot about that uh, this session as well. So mm. those are some other themes to think about, and um, we have a website resource at our website, again, mncatholic.org. Uh, where people can learn more about those, and then the issues on which the Minnesota Catholic Conference is speaking in the public square uh, to make those themes a reality. All right. Wonderful. Well, Jason Adkins, it's always great to have you on the program. God bless you. We we'll look forward to hearing more about Catholics at the Capitol here uh, and practicing Catholic a little, practicing Catholics a little bit later on. But uh, for now, God bless you and continue. Keep up the good work. Well, please keep uh, us in prayer, and uh, we'll do the same for you. That sounds great. Thanks, Jason. All right, we are going to head into our final break. When we come back, as always, Paul and I have details on, on Catholics at the Capitol, as well as a number of other things coming up this Easter season to help you practice the Catholic faith. Stay with us. Stay with us.